Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm your host with the most, Will Clark, and joining me is a man who's moonlighting as a pole dancer in Rogart. It's Andrew Henderson. Doing? That's not true. <laughs> Just for the points of any doubt whatsoever, that's not true. I'm all right. How are you doing, Will? No, but I've got to be honest. I just wanted an excuse to play one of my favourite pieces of music of all time. <laughs> I think that's an absolute masterpiece. Uh huh. I've never been to a strip club in my life. I should say that. But David Rose, the stripper, I just love that song. I just want an excuse to play it. No, I can confirm that. Uh, well, at least to my knowledge, Andrew Henderson has never danced on a podium. I, I mean, I, I could almost go as far as to say Andrew Henderson has never danced. Full stop. <laughs> oh, come on, you must have thrown your moves in the dance floor once or twice. Only when absolutely forced to. Forced to. I'm, I'm not a dancer by any stretch of the imagination. You never fail to surprise me with how we start these shows, Wolf. Whenever I leave the, the intro up to you, we always go off in weird and wonderful places. It's what the public demands. Clearly. I mean, uh, I don't know, were you dancing much in your, your week off last week? No, no, really. No. I went to the dentist and I was told I've got to get a wisdom tooth out. And unfortunately, that was the highlight of my holiday. Wow. That really... And then I got a message from the, the uh, dental surgery saying, oh, we're going to refer you to the hospital. We're not, we, we're not going to do it here. Yeah. But we'll give you a polish. Ugh, I don't mind. It's on the NHS. I found an NHS dentist in Inverness, so... That was actually taking people. <laughs> that was actually taking people. There's only one. I'm not going to name it because that's free advertising. Well. But uh, in my 20-year quest to find an NHS dentist, I finally found one. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Well, not congratulations, congratulations. I need a wisdom tooth out. Oh, but congratulations on finding somewhere that would do it on the NHS. Seriously. I know it's off topic. <laughs> but um, when I was, you know, growing up, uh, in Huntley, um, there was only, you know, the, the, the dental practice there, they would only do NHS patients up to the age of 18. So I kind of lost that privilege. And for 20 years, I've searched for an NHS dentist and I finally found one. But I'm not going to name it because that's free advertising. Sure. And also, you don't want them to turn around and kick you off of the register for inundating them with calls about people wanting to sign up. And telling them they're not going to take my wisdom tooth out, they're going to refer me to the hospital. I think that's pretty common, to be fair. I think a lot of dental practices don't have the, the right equipment to do wisdom teeth. Okay. I'm going to take your word for that. Well, I've certainly had a similar sort of thing in the past where it would be like, oh, we'd have to refer you to this other place. So As long as it's not an overnight stay, I'm all right. Yeah, you should be fine. But I'll tell you what, it hasn't been like pulling teeth on sport this week. Oh! Hey, do we have pawn? How is that for a segue? Um, it's all downhill from here, folks. <laughs> yeah, you can See basically you turn week. off now. We've had the highlight of the show. You can leave it there and not really have missed too much. I say that, we're going to have quite a bit of discussion, I think, over the next few while, so you will miss something. But that's definitely the peak. We're all only going downhill from here. Will, where do you want to start? Because there's been a few different things going on, and I'm not really sure what is, is the biggest thing. Uh, should we start in Renes Caledonia Fissel since they're playing Saturday? 
and uh, Ross County are playing Sunday. So since Cali Thistle actually played last weekend as well, we'll get on to that yeah. in a little bit. Um, that I mean, the game at Partick was your your first day back from your break. You haven't seen them in a little while, obviously, because of that. So how how did they play? Was it a fair result? Billy Dodds, Aaron Doran, Wallace Duffy, all I've spoken to um, after the game, said it was Cali Thistle's best performance of the season, even though they didn't score. Mm. And for that to make sense, you'd have to have seen how they played last weekend because they didn't dominate, but they created a lot of chances, particular chances too. But Inverness really did well possession-wise and created a number of chances. Tom Walsh hit the left post. Michael Gardine hit the crossbar. Sean Welsh had a penalty saved. It wasn't a bad penalty, just Jimmy Steddon read it absolutely right and had a fantastic save when it looked like it was heading to the bottom left corner. I think Roddy McGregor had a great chance to win it in the end as well. So I could kind of understand why all three people I spoke to afterwards said it was Cali Fissel's best performance of the season. But at the same time, a bit frustrating that they didn't get the points because now they're two points behind Kilmarnock. Our uh, Brove keep winning. They are not that far behind the Myler. Um, could our Brove win the league? They could. I see no reason why they can't right now. They just need to keep going the way they are and they're going to be right up there. Part-time team. But you know what? They're as good as any team I've seen this season. Um, but going back to Cali Fissel, that's two games uh, they haven't scored in. Uh, three games without a win so a lot of people well it, it, considering how they started at the beginning of the season it is a bit of a slump but at the same time are we maybe being a bit harsh on Inverness because let's, let's look at it Rafe Rovers one of the leading teams in the league went there and got a point Park Vissel also contenders for promotion went there and got a point um, are both flying high but you know I can understand why people say that was a disappointing result because you know losing 1-0 at home Never great. Yeah. You know, as well as they played at Party Fissile, they didn't win. They didn't take their chances. So it's something that they're going to have to look at. Yeah, something I was about to say we've talked about. We haven't really discussed it because we haven't had too many discussions in recent weeks while well, both of us having time off. Um, but certainly something that's come up in press conferences with Billy Dodds that they aren't converting enough of their chances. Um, and by the sounds of it, Saturday was exactly the same. I'm kind of like you, you're saying like, are we being too harsh on them saying it's a slump? You know, it'd be quite easy to look at that and say, well, they played really well. They haven't taken their chances. Let's blame the strikers. But it's, they're almost a victim of their own success right now, aren't they? Because they did so well earlier in the season and they were getting results when they weren't playing brilliantly and they were scoring goals. That That's a really high level to stay at for a long time. And like you said, on paper, the results haven't been that bad recently. I think Wraith being against 10 men for the entire second half does change that slightly. Our both, like you say, the way they're playing, losing to them, there's no shame in that. But at home, it's a it's a slightly bad result. Um, you know, it's a weird one because it feels from the outside, I don't think this is the case in the club at the minute, but it kind of looks from the outside like they've hit a bit of a wall and they're starting to slide now. And it's where... Where can they go from here? Can they get back up to what they were before? But actually, they're still in quite a good position. Things are still going fairly well for them across the season as a whole. I don't think there's a need to panic here, do you? Not yet, no. Um, You just look at the results, you know, Kilmarnock aren't running away like everybody thought they would. And 
you just look at the the other teams in the, the division. They're not that far behind. You know, it, people predicted it's going to be the closest championship in years. And that's the way it's panning out. Mm. The one thing people are saying is they're not taking their chances at the moment, but it could be said the same of at the beginning of the season um, when we, they won 1-0-1-0-1-0-1-0. Yes, they took one chance, but there were opportunities to maybe win by more. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Maybe the victories, the 1-0 victories masked the chances that they didn't take. Got to do some maths here and God help me. <laughs> oh, good luck. I mean, Cali Fissel, 12 games and they've scored 13 goals this season. Mm, uh, okay. so, so it's one goal a game, but you look at our growth, they've played the same amount. They've scored 23 goals. No, that's two, nearly two a game. I think Partick are the league's high scorers, aren't they? And obviously they kept a clean sheet against Partick last week. So we've praised their defence a few times. Um, but if they can maybe be a bit more clinical going forward, it will make the difference like we saw at the start of the season. Partick, I'm looking at the table just now, Partick and Arbroath are joint highest scorers right, okay. this season. Sorry, sorry if I keep mentioning Arbroath, but I just, I just think <laughs> it's a, something special is happening there. They're phenomenal right now, aren't they? It's fantastic. And we're 2-0 against, down against Dunfermline Athletic. And it's like they, they unleashed the Incredible Hulk and just went absolutely ape to win 4-2. I just, it's such a great story. Um, unfortunately, it cost Peter Grant his job, but I yeah. think the writing was on the wall for uh, quite a while there. I'm not sure if you agree with that. Do you think he would have, should have went before that? I don't know. When you appoint a new manager in the summer, you have to give him a little bit of time, but where Dunfermline want to be and where they actually were were so wildly different. I don't know if he should have gone before that, but I think I'm not surprised he went when he did. If, if, yeah, that makes if sense. you haven't won in 12 games, not exactly. before winning the season, it's uh, exactly you, you, you kind of expect is it. Um, something's rock, rotten in the state of five, but you know, going off subject here again. <laughs> it's one of those weeks we haven't had proper discussions for a while on balls and whistles, so we're, we're just kind of cramming everything in that we possibly can to make up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dodge is probably trying to find out what's his best personnel up front because mm. last week. Um, it was Billy Mackay up front um, with Aaron Doran playing behind. Now, those two actually linked up quite well. Um, and Aaron Doran probably had his best game of the season. He looked a real threat. He had a number of chances on his own, which he was disappointed he didn't convert, but he looked back to his best again because um, he's been out of the team for quite a bit. Um, I think a lot due to injury, but at the same time, you look at Shane Sutherland, he was playing that position for most of this season. And... Uh, Kind of deliberate. Well, Dodge was deliberating between Willie uh, McKay and Manny Duke up front. So, yes, they didn't score um, against Party Fissel, but I reckon because of Doran's performance last weekend, I think he might keep his place behind uh, Billy McKay up front. I think Billy McKay is the number one choice now, just because of his form and kind of just scoring more goals than Manny Duke. It is a slump, but at the same time, they've been playing teams in the top five. Is a team, uh, Air United. I think there's some in the bottom half, are they? Yeah, I'm pretty six, sure they is are. Is that right? You just had the league table up. Oh, yeah, I've got it up here. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's sixth place, uh, 12 points, but there's a bit of a bridge now between fifth and sixth, um, a six-point gap. And uh, Califissal historically have a good record at Somerset Park, so they're only two points behind Kilmarnock. It's not a disaster, but 
I don't think they'll be wanting to fall any further behind because Arbroath in 22, Rafe Rovers in 22, you know, a, a defeat Somerset and they can see themselves dropping down the league as far as four. So this is a big game uh, on Saturday for Cali Filson. Perspective is going to be the key for the last few results because John Robertson and I suppose at times I'm probably guilty of having rolled my eyes at him the amount of times he said this, but John Robertson always used to split the league up into quarters and saying the first couple are just about keeping pace. It's the third and fourth quarters in the season where it really gets decided, you know, who's going to get promoted, who's going to get in the playoffs, who's going to be relegated and all that sort of thing. If this quarter is Cali Thistle's slump, I think they will take that come the end of the season um, because they started so well the first round of games. If, this sort of wee period, this month or two, is where they pick up a few more draws, have the odd defeat rather than winning most games, and they come back strongly after Christmas, I think they'll be absolutely fine and we won't be worrying too much about this run um, come May. If this is the start of a bigger slide, that's going to put a whole different slant on things, obviously. So we won't really know, I don't think, how to judge these last few weeks and potentially even the next couple of games for a wee while yet because it's, it's all going to come into context well you're talking about Doran having one of his best games Cali Thistle potentially playing their best I asked Billy Dodds last week in a press conference about Wallace Duffy who as you said you spoke to this week and he was saying Duffy wasn't in the team more often purely on a fitness sort of basis he couldn't play three games in a week what was Wallace saying about where he's at in his own game right now he feels he's almost back to 100% um, because he did, well, he had uh, injury problems at the start of the season with his calf. And then, in his own words, niggle after niggle appeared and there was issue with his quads. And he says uh, that uh, when you have an injury, it just puts a mental block in your mind, mm-hmm. you know, any sort of twinge and you start fearing the worst. But, um, he started against Park Fissel at right back uh, on Saturday, and I, I, he had a very good performance. I thought he, thought he looked right at home, uh, and linked up well with the back four, and kept Park Fissel quite quiet. Even though Park had chances, you know, it, you know, for the majority of the game, Cali Fissel defence dealt with it quite well, and I think Duffy deserved a bit of credit for what he did. Um, also, you know, clearing the ball out of danger when required, and uh, starting an attack as well. So it was good to see, because we all know what kind of player he can be. He's a good player, uh, but you know he has been a victim of the revelation of David Carson at right back. And if when David Carson does come back, I, you know, I think he will reclaim the right back position, just because David Carson, arguably Tally Fissel's best player right now, well, right now, last season, and maybe this season as well. Maybe Scott Arlandice might argue with that, but um, David Carson has become such an important player. But Wallace Duffy says it's up to him to show what he can do uh, while he's been given the chance. And, uh, you know, he's enthusiastic. You know, he's not downhearted about, you know, not being a first-team regular. And uh, he's determined to show what he can do and uh, keep his place in the first team. Whether Billy Dodds will keep him at right back when David Carson's available again, I'm not so sure, but he did his case no harm against Park Fissel because I thought he played really well. Yeah, it's certainly not a bad thing for Cali Thistle and for him personally. If he can be back in form and fit and fire and ready to go, just on the off chance David Carson gets injured or suspended or needs to take a little bit more time away, totally understandably, of course, it must be said. 
Um, but if you have two players good to go in every position, that's ideal, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. We were talking then about Billy Doss potentially not knowing his best strike force. I think one of the last times while we were talking about Ross County, we were saying Malky Mackay doesn't know his best team either. Kind of looks like it clicked for him last week at Dundee, but they didn't get the chance to follow that up. Their game against Hibs on Saturday was postponed just a couple of hours before it was due to kick off because of COVID cases in the Hibs camp. The new date was set for Wednesday night. That also fell through because there were more COVID cases in the Hibs camp. It's a bit of a, probably putting this lightly, a bit of a frustration that they haven't been able to capitalise and build on that win at Dens Park. I think... It's kind of stating the obvious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, a wee bit because, you know, what uh, lifted the atmosphere at Dingwall that 5 0 win because it's been such a tough start for Ross County. You know, having the start they had playing uh, the top five in their first five games and then high flying hearts and then high flying Dundee United as well. Dundee United, oh, sorry, I'm forgetting Dundee United and the great start they've had. You're right enough to point that out. But then you know, the, the biggest um, blow for them was losing at home to St Mirren, yeah. losing at home to Livingston. Games where you thought they would at least pick up a point, if not targeting wins, uh, where maybe wins were vital given the start they had. You know, it was the way they lost as well, you know, being competitive, but just defensive lapses at the back where some of the goals should have been preventable, I think it's fair to say. Absolutely, yeah. But um, it's just like uh, they unleashed the beast against Dundee. It was an absolute blitz in the first half and the job was done. And, and I'm pleased that they didn't take the foot off the pedal or they got a goal in the second half too. And it's just such a shame because they would have been such a high going into playing Hibs. And, you know, a decimated Hibs as well um, if, if the game was allowed to go ahead against a young team that would probably they would have faced, but the game's been postponed. So the momentum's kind of gone now and now they've got to go and face the champions at Ibrox where hopefully they can get a respectable result. I'm not ruling them out getting a point, but you know what Rangers can be like. On top of not being able to build on the momentum with another game for another 10 days, on top of potentially facing an understrength Hibs team and not having the chance to capitalise on that, Hibs just weren't in form. You know, Hibs have been pretty terrible the last few weeks. And weirdly, you know, you look back at the Dundee result and Dundee did not play well at all against Ross County. I believe had, what, two wins and a draw around about the county game? Dundee were actually playing all right, and that's what Ross County could do to them. So imagine what they could have done to a totally out-of-sorts-of-Bernian team. Uh, it was a real opportunity for them. But like you say, it's going to be so tough against Rangers. Rangers haven't been as dominant this season as they were last year. They seem to be conceding a few more goals. They're not quite scoring so freely in the early going of the season. But you have to think, if there are still any of those lapses in the Ross County backline. Rangers are a side that will take advantage of them 100%. I agree. Rangers are not the juggernaut they were last season. They don't have that aura of invincibility, do they? You know, it was shown against Hearts, 1-1 draw. Aberdeen, I, I can't believe they didn't win at Ibrox when they were 2-0 up. I know Rangers got a goal out shortly after Aberdeen went 2-0 up, but never a penalty, by the way. Yeah, I was going to come on to that in a little bit because of what yeah, Mac- I was talking about in this week's papers, yeah. Rangers got out of jail with that one. I'll, I'll declare, I'm a North East man. I'm an Aberdeen supporter. I was raging about that. <laughs> um, going back to Hibs, you know, they weren't on great form, are they? If there was a right time to play Hibs, it was last week. And uh, they've kind of been denied that chance. I'm not going to argue about the decision to call the game off because I think it was the right decision. We've all seen what COVID-19 can do. 
we certainly don't want it to spread up here. But yeah, that was the right time. And even more frustrating than that, Dundee have now pulled away from Ross County. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of, the, the chase has gone go, uh, got longer again. Like, you never know, County might win at Ibrox. They played in Denmark last night, so fatigue might be an issue. You never know, but it's a tough task. I wouldn't put it past them getting a result, you know. Huh? Maybe my opinion's been swayed too much by being at Dens Park and seeing them against Dundee, but that is the most clinical I can ever remember seeing Ross County in my whole time covering them, and it's their record top flight win. I feel like even if they concede one or two, they're going to get a goal or two as well. Whether that'll be enough to get all three points, I'm not entirely sure, but I really wouldn't put it past them getting something out of that trip to Glasgow. I could see Joseph Humble causing problems. And Regan Charles Cook as well, and Harry Clark as well. And, you know, they've suddenly got a few guys that are actually playing quite well. Yeah, I am going to single out Joseph Humble. Sure. Um, because he's um, wowed me, to be honest. What a difference he makes in that midfield. He's just got the aura about him where he has the potential just to bring the ball up front. But, you know, think about the Dundee game and his free kick. That wasn't the best thing for me. That first goal, when he got that long ball, um, that dummy, which just fooled the Dundee defence and that allowed Harry Clark to go in and rock it in the opener. For me, that was the best thing he did. That was even more impressive than the free kick. But it just shows he's got such a good football brain, which I think has been missing with Ross County. I think he could be their most important player this season. But, I, you know, fair play to Malky McCart. He's got a gem. I don't want to rain on your parade too much with that, Will, but from my angle, he was coming back from an offside position, so he had to leave it. I'm no kidding. Now. Let, let's give him the benefit <laughs> of the time. It was an incredible dummy. Okay, we'll just, go with it. It was like that scene from Squid Game, red light, green light, but uh, he just stood still, absolutely frozen, and the Dundee defence couldn't believe it. No, I watched it again and again, I thought, wow. Regardless of whether he was offside or not, whether it was a deliberate dummy or not, you're absolutely right. He's got that aura about him now. He's got that reputation that I think is going to immediately scare defenders when they see him on the opposition team sheet. And that, that is so priceless. You know, just getting in the opposition's head like that before kickoff has even started, knowing what he's capable of doing. My only worry now is when he's building that reputation, other teams are going to start double and triple teaming him to try and keep him out of the game. Because we've seen that with Michael Gardine over the last few years at Ross County, and even this season at Cali Thistle again. People know that these one or two guys are major threats. So they just try and take them out of the game. I mean, even outside of Ross County, we saw it with James Madison at Aberdeen. We've seen it so many times as players at Celtic and Rangers. It's going to be interesting now that he's starting to make more of a mark, whether he has to change his game a little bit to keep having the same sort of impact. Are you saying the likes of uh, James Tavernier, Joe Aribo, Enos Hadji are going to try and do a hatchet job on Joseph Hungo? I mean, if you're the Rangers manager trying to nullify any sort of threat Ross County have, wouldn't you do it? I wouldn't have violent tendencies, no. Not violent. I'm not saying That's they're going to kick him out of the game. I'm saying they're going to totally crowd him, not give him any space to turn and run at defenders. Ah, okay. You know, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to go and hack him from behind every two minutes. Sorry, although it, that may happen, we never know. Sorry, it was just the way you phrased it beforehand. I thought, oh, Hendo thinks he's going to try and take him out. They're not going to hire an assassin to take him out from the stands at Ibrox. Like, they're, they're just going to do what they can to reduce his impact in the game, which is exactly what they should be doing. It's up to Hungbo to try and get around that. 
Uh, the fact the fact is, he's probably the first name on the team sheet at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Who would you play in goal? Maynard Brewer or Ross Laidlaw for? That that's an interesting one because Maynard Brewers has a few mistakes, hasn't he? He actually had a decent game at Dundee, it should be said, and he was apparently the man of the match on his debut, which I didn't see in person. Laidlaw, I feel like you know what you're going to get with him. He will have the odd brilliant game where he'll keep everything out, but he's also very error prone too. I'm not sure. I mean, at the minute, I don't think you change a winning team after the Dundee game, so Maynard Brewer probably keeps a spot for now. Whether he's the long-term answer to that question, not entirely sure yet. I don't think he's significantly better than Ross Laidlaw. Seeing the games that he's played, he is a bit error-prone. I don't know. Maybe a bit controversial. I'd bring Ross Laidlaw back in, but maybe because of the way results were going, Malky just wanted to give him a chance. But has he taken the chance? That's the question. Who? Ashley? Maynard Brewer, yeah. I don't think he has taken the chance, no. I don't argue with the decision to give him a shot the way things oh, yeah, are going yeah, at the start yeah. of the season. It's whether he's done enough since then to keep the spot. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit torn on it. I'm, I'm not convinced either. I do think Ross Laidlaw is a better goalkeeper. I would bring him back in personally. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> it's, it's not uncommon over the last few years for Ross County to be chopping and changing their goalkeeper a few times throughout the season. So we'll no. see what happens. But well, one more thing about Ross County I wanted to touch on before we move on to something else. You mentioned the penalty in the Aberdeen Rangers game. Malcolm McKay this week has given his backing to VAR in Scotland. It looks like that is the direction we're going in. It looks like there's going to be a vote in the early part of next year about bringing it in possibly towards the end of next year, maybe after the World Cup in Qatar. Um, We've talked a little bit about VAR before. I would like to think the way that things have been changed in England this season means more people are going to back it, more people, or maybe fewer people are going to actively object to it, is is the way to put it. Would you be quite happy to see VAR come into the Scottish Premiership? I would bring it in at the start of next season. I don't understand the whole, let's bring it in after the World Cup. Yes, it's got its critics, but how often is VAR wrong? That's a very good point that we discussed before. You know, I'm a big fan of technology. I think we should be using it. So I'm, I admit I'm maybe not the best person to be asking about this, but as far as I'm concerned, you're right. You know, it doesn't get it wrong that often, does it? No. Um, the only thing is the offside rule and the flailing arm. It's, it's a flailing arm. It's offside. It's a head. It's offside. I, I, I genuinely believe it should be where your feet are planted which rules if you're offside or not. Um, but like I said, VAR doesn't get it wrong. It's designed not to get things wrong. And to be honest, I can't think of one incident where VAR was wrong, you know, because at the end of the day, the final decision is with the referee. If he thinks a decision is wrong, he'd change it. But, you know, go, go back to the Scotland-Israel game, for an example. You look at Lyndon Dykes' equaliser, where the second goal was originally offside because the referee fought... Uh, it was a high boot, mm-hmm. but thanks to VAR, it showed the high boot was nowhere near the player. Well, his foot was in the air, but you know it was nowhere near the player, so it was a legitimate goal. And that's why VAR is a good thing because it got Scotland an extra win. No, but it's just no, <laughs> not just because it's Scotland, but it helps though, doesn't it? It helps a wee bit, but you know that that's what it was brought in for, and it's done its job. And yes, it might hold up the game, but does it really hold up the game that much? Most of the time, no. There was one in the Man United game midweek in the Champions League where the VAR check was over two minutes, which was a little bit ridiculous, especially once you saw the replay of it and the guy was clearly onside. But generally speaking, no. And like I said, I'm, I'm a big fan of any sort of technology like this that can help get things 
better and more accurate. I love it in rugby union. I love it in rugby. I forget I still sport, you know. So. Yeah, we see the video technology, rugby union, American football, tennis in a slightly different format, albeit cricket in a slightly different format, albeit, you know, there's no shortage of examples of how it can work. It's just a case of football getting it right and, and getting its act together to do it, as far as I'm concerned. But like I say, we've already had the big VAR debate. I just, there's that extra development this week that I thought was worth bringing up. If that does come in, as kind of expected at this point, it's only going to be for, I think, all four SPFL tiers, actually, because there's definitely something about premiership clubs footing the bill for the lower leagues, but it's not going to extend as far down as the Highland League, where we have a full card of fixtures this weekend. Um, I suppose Clack's maybe the best place to start with them being against Brecon at home. It's a slightly different challenge for them. It's one that I think they're looking forward to, but Jordan McDonald says business as usual. They're going to go and attack and try and win the game the same as they did last weekend against Nairn, same as they've done pretty much every single week of the season so far. You have to respect that he's sticking to his guns, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and to be fair to Jordan, I think he's doing a great job because Clark are having their best season in a very long time. Yeah. Um, for a long, long time, they've been near the foot of the table. He's directed them away from that. Uh, I mean, they've not been in the top half since 2013. It's a shame for one of the Highland League's most prestigious clubs because they've won the league more times than any current Highland League team, mm-hmm. even before their last victory was in the 2000s. So it's, it's been a long time since they've been a title challenger. But, you know, I, I'm really, I, I'm going to go to the game on Saturday, actually, because uh, I'm, I'm off to Ross County Rangers on Sunday, and I always try and get to Clark as much as I can because... I've got so much time for that club. But I'm also really intrigued to see how good Brecon City are. Mm-hmm. Because I think there was a feeling at the start of the season, especially at Brecon, with the team that they've assembled, that they would kind of just stroll their way to the Highland League title and attempt to get back into League Two. That's not happened. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still doing okay. But, you know, they're still quite a bit behind Fraserburgh. I know it's a really uneven top of the table right now with games played. Do they still have games in hand? Do you know? You know what? I'm going to bring up the Highland League table. I should have been prepared. That's probably the simplest way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. It should take me a matter of seconds. To be fair, I was looking at the table yesterday for this week's paper, so I should know this as well. Here it is. Beacon City are second in the table on 31 points. Uh, they are nine points behind Fraserburgh with a game in hand. Okay. One ten, drawn one, lost two. I think it was Fraser Brown and Daruri, two of the other contenders for the title that actually beat them. So as well as Brecon are doing, 10 wins out of 13, when it comes to taking on the fellow title contenders, they are coming up short. So Clark the Cudden should take a lot of confidence going into the game because it wasn't that long ago they took on Fraserburgh, the runaway league leaders, and Fraserburgh needed an injury time winner to get all three points, which left Jordan McDowell a bit sickened, if I remember right. But... You know, they've got James Anderson, an absolute goal machine, um, doing really well. So, you know, if, if you're not going to Air United on Saturday, go to Markinch because it promises to be a good game. You know, we need to give credit where credit is due to Jordan McDonald because Clark McCudden are having their best season in a long time. It was maybe unfairly on the current squad due to previous performances in previous seasons. They could be content just to finish bottom and they're relegated, but that's not going to be an issue this season at all. No. So it's just going to, be a, going to be a case of can we finish in the top half of the table this season. I'm really just intrigued to see Brecon City, just see how good they are. I don't know if it's maybe a case of schadenfreude a wee bit, 
But I would like to see, I would like someone else to win Brecon City to win the league. I don't care who it is. I just felt there was a bit of arrogance, aloofness. Is that a word? A bit aloof about their chances and just a, a you know maybe dismissing the quality of the Highland League. But you know it's it's great to see that they're not having it their own way. Being a bit childish there. <laughs> you read out their record there and looking at the past few years, that's not a good enough win ratio to be winning the title at the end of the season. You know, 10 out of 13 games sounds pretty phenomenal and it would be in most other leagues, but you're genuinely talking about dropping points in what, three or four games at most to go and win the Highland League title the last few years? So if they keep going the way they're going, they're, they're going to be well, well short of that. And they got a scare last week as well against Strathspey Thistle, who obviously are yeah. a decent side and much better than they have been, again, a couple of years ago but still down towards the bottom end of the table. And Strathspey went 2-0 up really quickly and then went 3-2 up once Breakin got back in level terms. There's a real chance this weekend for Clack, I think. I, again, maybe I'm reading too much into how well Clack have done this season and not giving Breakin enough credit for how well they've done when they might have been expected to do a bit better. By the way, if you're going down Saturday, I believe Kevin McCatty, former Cali Thistle defender, made his Breakin debut last weekend. She'll be able to see him in action. Oh, he's actually a really good guy. I really enjoyed speaking to him when he was up at Inverness, so it'll be good to see him again. But that's a really good point you made um, about the number of points required and the kind of points you need to avoid dropping to win the Highland League. Looking at Cove Rangers, the times that uh, they won the Highland League, the two two times before they got promoted, in 2018-2019, they won 30 out of 34 games. There you go. And then 2017-2018, they won 29 out of 34. Yeah, so they dropped points in four games and five games in those two years, and Brecon are already on three. Yeah, exactly. And looking at Broda Rangers when they won the league, to be fair, the, the league did stop due to the pandemic, but they won 24 out of 26 games. Right. And the previous titles, 2014-2015, they won 30 out of 34 games. So it's, it's an interesting point. Is the damage already done by Brecon City? Well, based on that argument, though, the only team the damage hasn't been done for is Fraserburgh, and they're going to run away with it at a canter. So we'll see. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's uh, 34 games in a season, and Fraserburgh has got the depth to keep going on a run for the entire campaign. Um, good luck to them. But you're right. If it's previous seasons are anything to go by, a lot of teams might be looking at that, including Brewer Rangers, who have been quite the dominant force. You know, They might already be looking to next season now. It's entirely possible. Brora are at home against Turf United this weekend. Nairn County have got Lossy Mouth at home this weekend. Anything you particularly want to say about either of those two games, Will, or will I move on? Um, not about those games, but in terms of who's got a fish bottom now, Brora Rangers, I know it was the Highland League Cup, but they beat Fort William 10-1. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be quite close at the bottom this season. I don't know. Um, I've been impressed with Fort William when I've seen them play Clark McCudden and Nairn County. They deserved a point against Nairn County. They were unfortunate not to get anything from Clark McCudden. Um, I've really thought with the goals they were scoring, they had a chance of not finishing bottom. But they conceded 10 against Brewer Rangers on Wednesday night. They've conceded 9 against Bucky Thistle. They conceded 7 against Strasby. Yeah, Fort William's finishing bottom. I don't think any other team in the Highland League needs to worry about being relegated now. Yeah, it looks like Fort William are a much better side than, again, they have been over the last few years, but still just not quite going to be enough to bridge the gap. They're, they're already a few points behind their closest rivals at the bottom of the table, so it would take something quite special from, from their point of view and based on their last few years to get out of that position, for sure. 
Um, of course, if they do go down, there's maybe not a big chance, but there is a chance that a team from the North Cali League will go up. The way it's looking at the minute, there's a battle for the North Cali title, of course, this season. Invergordon went back to the table last weekend. Hawkirk United, Loch Ness, all around there. Of course, it should be said, since I made the segue based on promotion and relegation, none of those three can get promoted to the Highland League. It's only Gosby Sutherland in the North Cali at the minute. And we'd be expecting Banksy D to go up anyway, if that is indeed how that turns out. But big game for Inverness Athletic in the North Cali this week at home against Hawkirk. It really is the polar opposites, really, in, in the league table. Athletic bottom not having won yet. Hawkirk right up there at the top, challenging for it. As far as athletic manager Jason Golbeck is concerned, there's no lack of confidence in the athletic thought. They had last weekend off and they've used that time to just keep working on some tactical things, get the morale back up in the squad. He's quite looking forward to the match. I'm not sure, based on form, I would give them too much of a chance of getting all three points, but it could well be competitive, couldn't it? You've got to remember, Inverness Athletic, even though they're having a horrible season, they played the Champions Gulfsby Sutherland twice. And they drew 4-4 in the opening day of the season. And they also knocked them out of the Football Times Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, they're capable. They're capable. You know, if you take... Gosby Sutherland are still a very good team. Let's not forget, um, they got past uh, the preliminary round stage of the Scottish Cup. So they're a good side, uh, managed by former Black Academy midfielder Sam Mackay. He's still playing himself and still a very good player. But that's the, been the only shining light for Inverness Athletic this season. It's hard to see because I've got a lot of time for Inverness Athletic. Uh, they kind of were one of the catalysts for the North Caledonian League uh, rising from a time when it was kind of struggling to find teams, especially in this part of the world, uh, in Inverness, uh, because it was mostly North teams like in Caithness and Orkney and Sutherland, uh, maybe one in Rosshire, but they came along and started giving amateur players in Inverness the chance to play winter football rather than just summer football. And that kind of inspired Loch Ness to join the North Caledonian League and also Nyan County to enter a Colts team. So you can't underestimate the impact Athletic have had on uh, football in this part of the world, and they deserve a lot of credit for it. Um, so it's really sad to see that they're struggling at the bottom. Hopefully they can turn things around because you know they've got some good players in that team. It's just results haven't gone their way. And the other teams you mentioned there, Loch Ness, are away at Bonner Bridge as they look to stay in the mix at the very top of the table. Nairn County A are away at All Ness United. Thurso are against St Duthis. Invergordon's game, I believe, has already been called off, according to the North Caledonian website. I'm not sure if that's a waterlogged pitch or if that's COVID-related reasons. No, I can confirm it's COVID cases in the Orkney camp. Well, Invergordon confirmed that to me on Tuesday night. So right. The game won't be taking place this weekend. Uh, they did try to rearrange uh, a league match with Gulf Space Sutherland, who have a free week this weekend, but due to the time available, that wasn't possible. Um, so, in regard to have a free week and they're top of the table, but whether they stay at the top of the table is now out of, the, out of their own hands. Well, it's also a free week for Inverness Caledonian Thistle Woman, who got a good win last weekend, 7 3 against Westlake to move up to third in the Championship North. It's a week off for them ahead of what is going to be a really crucial run in the Championship North as they try and get back up into one of the two potential promotion places. They've got East Fife next week. I'm sure we'll talk about that then. Uh, East Fife currently three points ahead of them. 
Cali Thistle have a better goal difference. It promises to be a cracker, but like I say, that's one for next week. I just wanted to make sure I gave them a mention because it's not often we've actually been able to talk about women's football recently. <laughs> yeah, can I offer my congratulations to Cali Thistle women for turning their season around because they got off to a horrible start, didn't they? And it looked like the season was already over for them. Would that be fair to say at the start they thought that's them out of title contention, but they've kind of pulled it right back now, haven't they? To an extent, there's still work to be done. Um, Montrose, I think, have still won every game in the league this season. So right now, I was talking to Karen Mason before the game and after the game uh, last Sunday, and they seem to just be taking it one spot at a time. They put together a really good run, five wins in a row now, although one of those has become null and void after Dunfermline pulled out of the league. It's seen them rise from, like you say, relatively poor start by their standards, right back up into the top three within touching distance of second, the title may be another step um, to go. We'll need to see how the matches against Montrose actually go in the, the rest of the season. But certainly they're looking good for, for being in the promotion mix, even if it's going to take a playoff. So, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm honestly going to ask second place good to a playoff, doesn't it? Yeah, so because teams have pulled out in the SWPL2, um, there's three promotion spots this season, whereas before I think there was only one. So... The title winners in the Championship North automatically go up. The title winners Championship South automatically go up. The second place in each team goes into a playoff against each other for the last promotion spot. So they've got two bites at the apple, whereas before they might only have had one. And that might be a really good thing for Cali Thistle this year because they might well be needing it the way things are going with Montrose. Yeah, it could all change if Montrose go and lose their next couple of rounds against these the likes of East Fife and Cali Thistle and Driver Athletic, who are also up there. Uh, but it's very much just one step at a time. They're currently third. They're going to look to get second, and then they're going to see if they can close down top spot. Um, I also want to give a mention, and I wasn't entirely sure how to pronounce this last Sunday, so I hope I'm doing it right just now, to Rhea Hossack, who was absolutely tearing up for the development squad as they won the Highlands and Islands League, but made her senior debut for Inverness last Sunday and managed to get a goal on debut. So... Congratulations to her. I know, Will, we've both written about her quite a bit in the Highlands and Islands League. It's good to see that conveyor belt going into senior football. Yeah. And uh, also a special mention to Andrew Henderson, who <laughs> is the commentator for Cali Thistle Women's Games. I think all the home games are highlights are on YouTube to watch. Is that right? As far as I know, yes. I think some full games may also be available, but definitely highlights are. And I have not yet gone back and watched the highlights because I don't really want to hear my voice, although I absolutely should. So, yeah, I suppose thanks for that shout out, but also damn you for embarrassing me. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, give it a watch, uh, not just for Hendo's dulcet tones, but just to um, support the, the, the women as well if you can't go down to the ground to watch them. Uh, I think it's mostly, uh, where do they play again? Is it the, it's usually is it the, IRA. They've had a couple IRA. of games supposed to be at the stadium, but it's usually Inverness Royal Academy. Yeah, sorry, I forgot some. My apologies, ladies. I thought it was Inverness High School or IRA, but it's IRA. Um, but re- read the Inverness Courier. We'll tell you where it is. Absolutely. That's, that's literally our jobs. No. <laughs> um, I want to give a bit of a mention as well to rugby this week after doing a few previews in last week's episode and then all of the matches being called off. Uh, That was a a bit of a sickener for me personally about 10 minutes after I scheduled this episode to go up on Thursday night. I found out that all the rugby had been cancelled because of COVID cases. So yeah, Highland are going to be back at home in action this week. It's all good there now. We don't have to worry about things at Canal Park. 
Uh, they're against Gala, who have really gone under the radar this season, but are right up in the title mix themselves. They won six out of their seven games. So it's not going to be easy, but no match is in National 1 for Highland. Uh, I think Dave Carson is, is very much looking forward to after having the weekend off and getting everybody back into action, hopefully back on top form. Craig Denane, I think, were the other team playing, weren't they? I'm now doubting this myself. Uh, I, I believe Inverness Christian's yes, yeah. men are the other team in action. Highland seconds, Highland thirds, Craig Denane women and Ross Sutherland are all not in action, but Craig Denane are. Uh, they are on the road, I want to say, against Aberdeen Uni Medics. So yes. it's a bit more tricky to go and follow them this weekend, but keep an eye out for their results and make sure you go and support any of the rugby teams if that is your thing when they are playing at home. Right, that was a bit of a mouthful to get through, but again, what to make sure I gave some rugby teams a shout out. Will, is there anything I haven't covered yet in the amount of time we've been talking that you want to bring up from this week's papers? Congratulations to Inverness lad Jamie Doby, who mm. um, played his debut for Scotland uh, against Tonga at Murrayfield, came in as, on as a second half replacement for Ali Price, if I remember right. Yeah. I think it was about 57th minute. Um, and it was a great win, 60-14 against Tonga. And I, I actually wrote a column about him this week um, just saying how fantastic it is that Scottish rugby are actually using players who have come through the youth system mm-hmm. in Scotland because, uh, you know, I'm, I've been quite critical about Scotland's um, policy of sending scouts overseas to identify players who may be not good enough to play for their own country, um, particularly South Africa and New Zealand, inviting them over to Scotland to play for either Glasgow or Edinburgh, playing for like three years, now five years, uh, to gain citizenship, and then putting them in the squad. I just, you know, Craig Charmers in another newspaper was quite uh, vocal about his disapproval about this, and uh, I'm of the same. Um, I just think it's a bit of a smack in the face to our youth system in Scotland that... uh, this practice is, is done by Scottish rugby. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, every, almost every nation, including New Zealand, including South Africa, uh, including Australia, England, yeah. um, they all do it, but maybe not to the extent Scotland do it. And I just think it's a bit shameful. I'd go, yeah, I'd go, yeah I'm, I'm, I'll go strong as that. Shameful as a tier one nation, one of 10 tier one nations, that we're using so many players born overseas. It was thrown back into the spotlight this week because of the Tonga game, I think, because you mentioned Scotland scored 60 points, but I think only one try was scored by a player born in Scotland. Yep, that's right. And going back to the 2019 World Cup, Scotland had 14 players that were born overseas in their squad. That that was the fourth uh, most of any nation at the Rugby World Cup. There were only three countries that didn't have players from uh, overseas countries. Uh, one was Argentina, who is a tier one nation, and the others were Namibia and Uruguay, which are lesser nations. Mm-hmm. But apart from Australia, which used 12 players, other countries do it, but not to that extent. I just feel that we're letting players down coming through our youth system and giving them a chance to represent their country. I just feel Scottish rugby should show more faith in them. There we go. That's my rant. So, congratulations to Jamie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, because of that, I just wanted to um, highlight the significance of what Jamie's achieved that he's come through the youth setup uh, in Scotland 
and he's managed to win uh, an international cap, pull on the blue jersey and play at Murrayfield because um, the significant Scottish rugby put on finding overseas players is not on for me. So congratulations, Jamie, and I hope uh, many more follow in your footsteps. Run over. He's still just 20 years old. Surely there's plenty more to come. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the Scottish rugby team to be talking about records or anything like that, but surely he's going to have a long, long career at this level now. He's finally broken through. Well, he's playing for one of two professional teams in the country, so he's going to be in contention. Good luck to him. Absolutely. In that case, well, I think we should start to wind this down a little bit. But first, fantasy football update. It's been a long time since you've been on an episode that we did one. I did do a brief, quick update last week at the encouragement, shall we say, of Macho Man Andy Dixon, which we're still sticking with. It's still going to become a thing um, because he's closing in on you in this table. He's now only 45 points behind you, having joined, I think, two weeks after, maybe three. I'm not entirely sure. But you weren't the lowest scorer of last weekend. So congratulations. Thank you. I'm still sticking to my policy of no old firm players whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I'm, a ma- I'm a man of the uh, principles. Yeah, you, you picked your team at the start of the season and you haven't changed it, have you? Nope. No. Mainly because I forgot my password. <laughs> well, you can tell. I'm not going to lie to you because last week you scored 23 points and 11 of those were from Xander Clark. What a guy. Congratulations on your uh, call-up, by the way, Xander Clark. Well-deserved. Well Absolutely well-deserved. Uh, another six of your points, Will, were Jamie McCart. Four were Christian Ramirez at Aberdeen and two were Nicky Clark. Everybody else in your team scored zero. And I only chose Nicky Clark because he's got the same surname as me. <laughs> of course he did. I didn't even think about that. Of course he did. Uh, I was very narrowly beaten to being the top scorer of last week, which is part of the reason I want to do this update. But I'm closing the gap on Johnny Clark at the top of the table. I have jumped up to second, so I'm now his closest challenger. So we'll see how that goes. I'm only 15 points behind him. So we're, we're very much breaking off into like a top four, then the next three, and then the next three in the league this season. And we'll see. I feel like I'm going to catch Johnny at some point, but we'll see exactly how that goes in this week's games, which of course won't feature Hibs, won't feature Livingston. So that's going to have a little bit of an impact. I think that's all I have to say, (laughs) certainly about fantasy football. So we'll call this one a day. Make sure you go and listen to the other Highland News and Media podcasts. There's Active Outdoors by John Davidson. There's Health and Lift Ness, which is currently between seasons. But all the tips and advice you get on there are absolutely timeless. They're still more than relevant to anybody wanting to get some advice about working out or getting fit. Um, of course, if you want to get in touch with us to let us know any feedback, ask us any questions, you can do on Twitter at balls underscore whistles or by emailing balls and whistles at hnmedia.co.uk. And if you're listening to us on some other platforms that aren't our websites, although you should be listening on our website because we've got fantastic new digital subscription packages, make sure you leave us a review, you rate us. It helps our egos to be quite frank but it also helps other people find us and gets more people listening to the podcast which is exactly what we want to happen for the time being i don't think either of us are off for the next week or two so we'll both be back next time around have a good week and thank you for listening